How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumper.com. Buying a car doesn't have to be so intimidating. Bumper.com is here for you, the buyers. With just a few clicks, it can help give you a comprehensive vehicle report that highlights any red flags. So wherever you're buying a car from, whether it's a dealership or a used marketplace, you can go in knowing Bumper.com has your back. Make your car buying experience smoother and smarter. Check out Bumper.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough reinvention. Explore the human-led tech-powered solutions that help you reinvent. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at pwc.com. An ultimate episode of Westworld Season 4 is over, but we're just getting started answering listener feedback about Westworld Season 4, Episode 7, Metanoia. And here to annoy is me, Josh Wiggler, joined by my partners in crime on all things Westworld. First, having returned to the podcast last week, she was on the recap as well. She is back in the saddle full time, Joe Garfine. Welcome back, me. Now, welcome it's, back, me. It, what about me? It's a delight to be what back. What about you? <laughs> I am very happy to be back with you guys. I missed you, and I think as a team, we're hilarious, so this is awesome. The trio is reunited as, of course, Mike Bloom is here, dagger in hand, uh, as cued in by the what about you. <laughs> of course, my eyes are wide, my hair is spiky, and that's just on a good day. Should we sort ourselves into the three main characters that died in this episode? Who's Ooh. the Bernard? Who's the Maeve? Who's the Charlotte? Okay, this died is, is in fun. quotation marks. Because... It died is always in quotation exactly. marks oh, yeah. when it comes to Westworld. Um, but I think that that's kind of a fun game. Who among the three of us is the Bernard, is the Maeve, and is the Charlotte? Um, well, um, as the veritable head of post-show recaps, I think I am, unfortunately, Charlotte Hale. You definitely are. I think I'm running this thing 
perhaps into the ground is a possibility. <laughs> and we did make that joke a couple of episodes ago, Josh, that you indeed did call for the chair amongst mm-hmm. your podcast compatriots. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, I definitely would in real life if I could, like, you know, have a human chair, then it would be, like, you know, like, ethically cool and everything. Then, yeah, I think I'd probably do it. I'd take a seat at least. I think I, I, I'm going to surprise you, and I think I'm going to pick Bernard. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Okay. I think that this is accurate. I think, okay. Joe, you are the keeper of the knowledge. Yes. You have visited the Valley Beyond and have returned <laughs> from the burning tree with all of your wisdom. I think it fully tracks. And Mike Bloom is as inappropriate as Maeve Malay. So it, like, totally tracks. And I have a child that I'm looking <laughs> you go. to. A real one. Point. I've just been podcasting in here for so long. I need to find my child again. Oh, my gosh. Well, we are a little loosey-goosey entering this episode of the Westworld podcast, the Welcome to Westworld podcast. I missed out on the Metanoia recap on a really wild episode of Westworld. Part of me was thinking about um, what if that had just been the season four finale and therefore like accidentally the series finale would have been a really, really grim note to, to end this thing on. Double thumbs down, Joe. I will say, and I didn't say this on the on the podcast with Mike the other day, and I meant to, which is that, and I know this makes some people uncomfortable, but I have to bring it up. You don't kill off your three main characters of color. One, two, three. There's no way they kill off those three characters and leave it as if they're actually dead. We know, obviously, Bernard wasn't shot in the brain ball. The ladies were, which is unfortunate, but there's no way Charlotte Hale doesn't have a backup body of hers or Dolores's somewhere when with a brain ball, a spare brain ball, because she had to have some kind of backup system. So oh, I can't no speak for Maeve, but I definitely think Hale, a version of Hale, will be in the finale. Um, Mike, we've not seen the last of Charlotte Hale and Maeve and Bernard. I would put several fingers on the line. Yeah, you would. Uh, I mean, listen. So I have to clarify this because for those who don't know, and this could include you, Joe, um, Mike Bloom is willing to do a lot of weird things uh, when a podcast. Bet. I was gonna say you, you could stop the sentence there. Good, <laughs> good. Uh, you have gotten, uh, you have eaten snake meat uh, for yep. losing a podcast bet. Mm-hmm. You have uh, gotten tattooed. For mm-hmm. losing a podcast bet, are you submitting that you will uh, you will do what to your fingers? I I just want to be clear what it is you're suggesting here. I I don't know. I just said I put several fingers on the line. I don't know what that means. All right. But well, I let would... me just like make this a little less violent, and you can just eat like uh, like chicken fingers or something like that. Though I yes. suppose that is violent towards the chickens. I will eat a butt ton of chicken fingers, and you have that in quotations. A butt ton of chicken fingers if indeed like charlotte hale and mave are done they do not appear in the finale whatsoever yeah um i think that they will i definitely feel that concern joe i think is like a really really valid note to bring to the forefront i think that the death thing being so impermanent on westworld and i think the creators of the show and the writers of this season specifically knowing their audience at this point knowing that we are like okay well so they're dead for now they're dead right right now they won't be dead forever i think that they know that that's our expectation and are there ways that they can mess around with that of course but i think immediately like permanently taking those three characters off the board heading to, into the finale is basically a non-starter for me as far as an actual possibility. I believe in Lisa Joy, and I don't think in a million years she would go, you know what, we're going to kill off Bernard, Hale, and Maeve in yeah. one one fell swoop. I just yeah. don't think that's the intent. No, I agree. Um, So the question then does become like, well, if they're going to come back online, 
What does that look like? How does that happen? Who can stand against the man in black who is now the king in black? Do we want like he is in charge of the world, Mike? I think he'd prefer not to be the ruler, though. Like, I don't think the man in black ever wanted to achieve any sort of lording over anybody, right? I know that they talked a lot in the first couple scenes when he was in the park about being a god, but I don't think he wants to be in the Charlotte Hale position. He wants to be. He's a little Littlefinger-esque, right, in the whole chaos is a ladder thing, but he does not desire the Iron Throne. I think he just desires, like, a way to to get his jollies, uh, yeah. just to live in a world entirely where... Like the ranchers? Can... Exactly, where yeah. he can... <laughs> well, Dolores is dead, unfortunately, but Christina maybe could come yeah, back Yeah, it's the sweet and sourness that comes uh, with a jolly rancher, and that is in the case of the Man in Black here. So I don't know if he necessarily was... It's a coup in that I think he was overthrowing Hale, but I don't think he's, like, then taking her place. At least that's on my impression. My impression is more so him just being like, hey, all the humans are attacking each other, and now it's turned into just this super violent world. Let me go have fun in it. Right. Um, so I'm interested. I mean, like, maybe, like, king of the ashes, you know? He's, mm -hmm. like, king of whatever is left. Uh, you know, he's sort of the craven, the hunter of the world of Westworld at this Which point. version, though? How sympathetic is he, depending on which studio is, is producing him? I think that's right. So we've got a lot of questions heading into the finale. A lot happened in this episode, specifically Metanoia. We have feedback from you out there. You wrote in Westworld at PostShowRecaps.com. You tweeted at us. I'm at Round Howard. Mike is at a Mike Bloom type. Joe is at Joe Opinionated. You talked with us in the Post Show Recaps patron discord uh, when you sign at patreon.com slash post show recaps you can hang out with us in the discord and talk with us directly so we've got a good amount of feedback to get through here but i think another thing that we want to do this is perhaps it is definitely our final chance to talk about westworld season four without knowing how it ends without knowing how it wraps things up without the ability to fully declaratively contextualize the mysteries of this very compelling season of tv and joe it just might be our final opportunity to talk about Westworld without knowing what the future holds, if this is indeed the final episode of all time coming up next on Sunday right. night. And I don't think we're going to know by Sunday. I don't think we're going to know no. for quite some time, given that but it I takes wanna, two years to create this show. I want to enjoy this moment. Yes. I want to I enjoy this time. The not knowing Mike is always a delightful place to live in. And perhaps it is just worth, worth perhapsing this. This could be the last time we are in this space. It's the opposite of what Stubbs says, right? Sometimes the most uh, fun moments are not the ones that come after, but this moment right now where yeah. there's, there's all possibility in front of us and no reality. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, Joe, Westworld as a franchise on a meta level kind of faces the same stakes that the characters of Westworld are facing right now. The odds are against them. The odds are not in their favor. The numbers, as we like to say, are bad. Um, but can it thread the eye of the needle? Can there be this sort of uh, narrow passageway with which to pass through, perhaps you know, some sort of digital passageway with which to pass through that could save the day, that could make it so that life goes on? Westworld as a show, I feel like, is mimicking the stakes of the season. And this is a very meta show, Joe, but I do not feel like this one's on purpose. Like, I don't think that this is like a viral stunt to market the happenings of the viewing habits of the humans of the real world onto the stakes of Westworld proper. 
the best case scenario is that there is a deal in place prior to Discovery buying up Warner Brothers and c- combining with HBO. I don't know all the logistics exactly, but let's say there is a, a an ideal world where there's they are going to make season five on their own terms. Maybe it's six episodes instead of eight. Maybe it's a two hour movie. But I hope fine with that. By the way, exactly. I hope that they get to wrap up their story in some capacity in some medium. Yeah. Mike, would you be cool with like a Westworld movie instead of a Westworld season five as long as it closed the loop here? Oh, yeah. Well, especially nowadays, right? When we have our featuring Aaron Paul, our El Caminos, right? The uh, Ray Donovan movie, I think is another example of, listen, we're mixing mediums all the time, right? We've got hour and a half long episodes of Stranger Things. Like the definition of what's TV and what is movies is becoming completely obfuscated. Why not finish a TV series off with a movie? Though I do wonder, should we talk to, you know, the good friends over at Netflix about making a Bandersnatch-esque version of uh, a Westworld season five movie? Maybe it just takes place entirely in what we saw in the beginning of this episode of like the thousand simulations that Bernard experiences where you get to pick the path that he takes and they almost all end in disaster. I was going to say, Joe, that I actually think Westworld season four is a great template for this choose your own adventure style of television. Totally. And to be honest, I know it's going to be too late. I've had a few people reach out to me and say, I've heard season four is great. I gave up on it. Do I need to watch season three? And I I know that I think a lot of people will watch it before season five, if there is one. And I say, go read recaps, go listen to podcasts for season three, then start season four. If you you know the gist, you will catch on. It's presented much more linearly or at least less in less complicated manners. So I, again, it might be too late, but I'm encouraged by the amount of people who've asked me about season four because there is a lot of buzz. Yes. I mean, I was just, I was literally about 15 minutes before we hit record. I was on the phone with someone who I would not have expected was watching Westworld and just like very casually said to me, oh, so Westworld is really good this season, right? I was like, oh, you're watching. Like, yeah, it's the best season since season one. I was like, oh, Oh, so you are out there. Uh, you know, the, ah. people, the people are out there. And we know that we have a lot of people who are out there listening to this podcast and interacting with this podcast. And we're so grateful for that. And it's really, really fun for all of us to congregate over this shared sense of community around a show that we all really enjoy and want to see succeed. Um, but I think like the homework assignment for the three of us and for anyone else who is out there listening is like, tell one person, you know, preach the gospel to one person <laughs> about Westworld season four. Let's, Let's make juice- this... A pyramid scheme. You tell two people. They two two people. We're going to spread it. Mike, let's tower scheme this thing, right? There we go. Let's build this thing up. Blare the music. That's what we got to do. We're going to send a pulse to your Apple Watch. You're welcome. Um, We also had a a fun bit of feedback from the prolific Spencer Y, who uh, in uh, remarking upon uh, when we spoke about Joe, like what could be sent to HBO in order to like, uh, you know, load them up with volume of stuff to convince them that there are enough people out here who watch Westworld and are into Westworld and want Westworld to come back. Uh, Spencer suggested ping pong balls uh, in the, uh, mm. in the spirit of the brain balls. Uh, so I'm not saying that that's something you should do. I'm just repeating the feedback I received. I like it. I also saw someone tweeted us that we should send little mini cowboy hats like they sell at party stores. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, how are we going to yeah. get the technology to do um, that? We're don't you have a shrinking machine, Mike? Uh, well, listen, I talk about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've had some experiences. Mm-hmm. Again, too Honey, many, I shrunk many, the podcast. Too many bets. Too many bets made on podcasts. Uh, really? Involving my shrinking ray. Uh, so, 
that's just like a little bit of fatalistic looking towards the finale. And I think that it's, you know, that's like the, that's the death I'm more concerned about than like the true deaths of uh, the characters on the show. But let's talk about what's happening on the show specifically. So Mike and Joe, you both had the chance to, to do the recap. What is still like really sticking with you on the other side of Sunday night? Like what are the aspects here of episode seven heading into the final episode of Westworld season four specifically that you're really still just like churning around, wondering how it's going to play out an event that took place in episode seven that is living rent free in your brain ball. For me, yeah. it, is, it is the brain ball is the fact that there's got to be backups that, that, that this iteration of the man in black is not stupid. I mean, I don't think he's stupid and he has to know where the spare brain balls are stored, right? Did you guys watch the the, the preview for the finale? Are we allowed no, to talk about that? Okay. I have not. We can then talk about it if you if you want, um, but I have not watched it. All I will say is that one of the white drone guys at HQ lifts up Charlotte Hale's, quote, dead body and carries it somewhere. Okay. So to me, right. that activates, you know, there's probably some you know, uh, kill switch when she gets, quote, killed, that activates the the next body, the next iteration of Shaloris. And yes. by that, I mean Charlotte Hill, Dolores, and Chair Loris. Yes. And <laughs> very Chair <important>. Loris. <laughs> yes. Uh, very, very important. Um, Mike, what's living rent free in your head? Well, what's uh, living, you know, the, the aspects that I want to talk about is the aspect ratio, perhaps. We got to talk about this Christina, this Dolstina revelation, right? The f particular actual confirmation that the world that she has been living in, the world we've been seeing, has indeed not been the real world in particular, that it seems like everything else has been carried out when with all the different characters. The big questions are obviously... Where is it? I know that we alleged on the podcast, Joe, as to like, could it be within someone's head? And I think even the larger question would be like, is there a chance of breaking out? Is there a chance Evan Rachel Wood does not come into contact with any of the other main characters, save that one scene she had with Charlotte Hale for the entirety of season four? Hmm. Interesting. I had a, a very crazy theory thought i'm gonna preface it because i do get a lot of feedback like your theories are crazy i'm like that's why i'm here that guys. is totally so why you're here by the you, way you, a lot of you though to be fair never knew who i was during the lost era so you wouldn't know that that's my bread and butter but yeah. here we go in the end of season three you see dolores quote dead but still plugged into rehoboam rehoboam i can never say that word right she's still plugged in so my theory is that someone created christina in the brain ball of Dolores still plugged in and being fed by Rehoboam. Okay, so Rehoboam is like kind of like signal boosting the ghost of Dolores uh, could be- a Or using her, her, her blank headspace or something. I feel like the fact that she was still hooked up to it when she quote died has to mean something for this season. So a thing that I've been thinking about recently um and i've really i stayed away from the westworld reddit because the westworld reddit mm. detectives they're so good at their job and i and i don't want that to leak in but i have been on reddit a lot recently for some other shows that i that i follow and you know you get like the suggested post every once in a while uh and so i got a suggested post from from westworld and i couldn't help but click it and it did have um an image that was particularly striking and the image that was particularly striking has um has been has not left me 
and I don't know how popularized this is. If you are, you know, uh, we're going to bring in like some of the imagery. We'll do some imagery analysis right oh. now uh, to, to, to fuel this. So if that feels, that is all that it is. It's an image. And then we can see what we can kind of divine from it. Um, and if you are sensitive to that, then I don't know, maybe skip a few minutes of the podcast or you can hang into the ride with us here. So Christina has a purse that has a design on the purse that mm -hmm. is very similar to the player piano music scroll. Um, that the player piano music scroll, the notes there look very similar to the design on Dolores's or Christina's rather, or maybe Dolores's um, purse. The question that I have is, as you've mentioned, Joe, the music, you've long thought the music was really important on this show. This season, we know for sure that the music is this frequency that is part and parcel with Charlotte Hale's global domination uh, plan. Um, we have from all the way back in season one, final words from Anthony Hopkins as Robert Ford of people don't die, they just become music. Mm. What if Christina is the music? What if Christina is the music and the signal that is being broadcast out uh, to the people of the world of Hales City? Is there a way in which that could play out in some sort of compelling way, Mike? Oh, that's interesting that Dolores is sort of in the cloud. She's in like in the cloud. She's like she is in, she is she is there. She is all around them. She exists. She just doesn't exist in the physical form um, that maybe we and she thought she did. And then what needs to happen is like any good cloud, there needs to be a lightning strike. It cracks open and rain falls. And it should be interesting that if there is a world that is filled with hosts that hosts have now taken over as the dominant population, that seems like a lot of consciousnesses that Dolores could be able to take over should she have the ability to do so. Joe, what do you think about the idea of Christina as the music? I love it because Christina, her, her, her job is to create these narratives. And Teddy tells her, this is all you. So unbeknownst to her, the music, she I actually love the beauty of this concept, Josh. Yeah. That she is, she is the command to the, the the humans that are hosts without knowing that they're hosts. And I but is that means that she could be absolutely the key to changing the world back or at least trying to make it less violent under the control of William, Man in Black. And I think that there is a world in which Christina, as the music programmed and put out into the world by Charlotte, plays with the idea of Christina being, you know, essentially Dolores's daughter in a manner of speaking like that's sort of like it is like a you know I think like the idea of like art as your children too is like an interesting thing to explore maybe potentially narratively on the show like you know kill your darlings and all of that um, so I think that there could be some resonance with this I don't really know what it would look like in terms of how that would settle up in the finale but I think that her being the music like is sort of like the like the reductive way of saying that she that that the signal that is being broadcast uh, that has been controlling people is, you know, some is an entity, essentially, like someone with some form of agency. So that kind of is living rent free in my brain ball right now with the idea that I don't know how to square that up with the, the whole like you're not real. You know, I think like that's a little like that's a little mean towards music, Mike. Music is real. Music is a something you feel. If yeah. You can't, if you can't feel, then is it real? That's what I always say. It is. Yeah. I. I mean, I don't want to. I don't think this is too spoilery. Do we know the runtime on the finale? 
I do not off the top of my head, but if you give me some time, I can find out. So, Mike, if the tower is destroyed, and that's how Christina was getting the word out through, you know, the orchestra leader, Charlotte Hale, what does that mean for Christina in the finale? Mm, I mean, here's the thing. You could say that William theoretically, like, took the steering wheel out of the runway car, right? Of like, all right, now it's careening, and I'm going to make sure that nobody turns it back. But what if it was more so that gilded cage that Dolores talks so lovingly about, right? This ability of now being able to free someone and now again she is unleashed into the world even though again to josh's point there's a little bit of a sticking point there and that the fact that she is non-corporeal apparently uh the reason why i ask about the runtime is it's an uh, hour it's a it's solid a, hour interesting because yeah the i mean first off again josh you and i had just finished watching and talking about all of stranger things season four so i really give a lot of kudos to westworld season four for the amount of restraint it's shown but this intrigues me because the previous three seasons all had finales that I would say were infringing upon, if not outwardly hitting, an hour and a half. And so I'm wondering, like, how are they going to land so many things? And maybe that makes us look back on episode seven differently of like, okay, maybe are they resolving storylines? I will say before, when I made that chicken finger bet, I did not mention Bernard. I think there is a non-zero chance that this was Jeffrey Wright's last appearance on Westworld season four. Well, he was not shot in the brain ball. So that was also Man in Black's, you know, knew not to, he needed him he, because he knows. I don't know that he knows that Bernard's already been to the dam, but he knows that Bernard is and has the key. Yeah. This just um, slows him down. Yeah. I don't know. I think I really have a hard time imagining that we don't get like one final Jeffrey Wright scene, at least, uh, even if even if it's digital. And I think that maybe that is part of this as well. And I'm sure that this is like a relatively popular theory. And I'm sure we've discussed it to some extent, too, um, of, you know, the. The, the idea across season four that the um, that the people who are working on behalf of Charlotte and Charlotte specifically, like they have made it to the point where they can copy human minds and human brain balls and turn them into, um, you know, creatures that can continue to live well past their normal physical expiration point. You know, how long did William make it, you know, when you're just like freezing him and unfreezing him? But that is like an entirely different deal from the man in black now who is, you know, if you if you can't tell what's the difference personified, right? Like he is walking out there like the like William's worst impulses writ large. Or look at Caleb as somebody who has gone on to, um, to you know, be resurrected all of these years later after he was killed. So it makes me wonder that with, like, the process of the flies invading the humans and taking control over the humans, and you add to that the mapping of the individual consciousnesses of all of these people uh, over the course of the season, makes me wonder, can those consciousnesses and can those lives and therefore can those people be reproduced digitally and can they be brought to the valley beyond alongside the hosts and could the end game here be we're done we're like forget space forget the moon forget bars we're ditching earth for the internet uh, like, could that be the direction that we are taking this in? And could it be that this world that was not meant for you and this world that was only meant for the hosts, could there be space for both? Well, listen, if we have Westworld go ready player one, I believe they are under the same studio. So bring in that iron giant all over again and maybe have Dolores, I don't know, battle against uh, the Looney Tunes, make a Space Jam 3 backdoor sequel to it as well. Might as well that. if that's the case. If it's all about us just like, 
I mean, to your point, like the way that Hale and Bernard were kind of personifying their 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 banter in this episode, right? Was very much this idea of this world is hopeless. We have to move on into another. And it's tough to assume that they're not not referring to, you know, the sublime or some sort of cloud digital afterlife where you can exist without those corporeal states. Maybe to the question I posed earlier, maybe they're all coming to Christina's for a party, you know? Maybe it ends with, like, her coming to this epiphany about the power that she has in this world, and then all these people get dropped into her world, and now they're in her play space for the final season, if there is one. She needs a bigger apartment then. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will say, Josh, I love that idea, and I think there's some merit to it, because why else... I mean, I feel like in the season preview, they show the Man in Black on a horse looking at the Hoover Dam. Right. I don't know if you remember that. So, spoiler alert, they show it in the in the also in the finale preview. Yeah. So, remember, Bernard has seen all these iterations like Doctor Strange. He left the Sublime open. There is a reason he left the Sublime open. So, I think there's credence to your interesting theory, Josh. Or unless <laughs> Man in Black goes and destroys it somehow. If the whole world goes into the Sublime, they're going to need a much bigger server. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Bumper.com. Buying a car doesn't have to be so intimidating. Bumper.com is here for you, the buyers. With just a few clicks, it can help give you a comprehensive vehicle report that highlights any red flags. So wherever you're buying a car from, whether it's a dealership or a used marketplace, you can go in knowing Bumper.com has your back. Make your car buying experience smoother and smarter. Check out Bumper.com slash podcast. In two days, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming March 14th, only on Disney+. Plus. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music, and fall festivals galore. Then, live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie, and Wrightsville, and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast, all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So let's talk about some other areas from the finale. We've got listener feedback. Uh, This is from the great Ben behind the curtain who writes in and says, 
So Bernard's way of saving the next world involved sending a message to Christina, right? And if she isn't real, how would Bernard know she's there? And how is she there? Uh, so let's start with the question. Ben's going to put together some thoughts on an explanation. But around the horn, do we have some thoughts on how Bernard would know that Christina exists at all? Do we all agree that Bernard is, you know, putting all of his chips in Christina's corner? And what Ben is referring to, to just like underline it, is when the man in black walks in on him recording some sort of video message where he's saying, you've got to reach it for it with your left hand, make sure you don't miss that it's some sort of future instruction for somebody. Yeah. Um, so what do we think? How is this possible, Joe, that Bernard would know of Christina's existence? Like, I, I mean, because you've seen all the iterations. It's and one of them. He does cross paths with her. And maybe he doesn't know that she's not Dolores, but he has he knows her capabilities. And so he leaves that message for her or he sees what he thinks is Dolores, a modern Dolores doing something. And he leaves you that message. Not really, not really sure, but I like the idea of it. I will just throw another fun idea yeah, out there. We if like it, fun ideas. Uh, if indeed, Joe, to your point, if there is some sort of Charlotte Hale resurrection, I think it's for her. Uh, and then, you know what? I'll sweeten the deal even more to get you on my side, Joe. I'll then say, I, I'm actually your father. You're my daughter <laughs> slash son the entire time. Charlotte, Charlie, it was there. Oh, oh Only the most eagle-eyed viewers noticed it. Don't tease a girl, okay? Yes. Ah, Just like the listen. music, there are certain theories I'm never going to give up on, I'm, I'm even putting, if I'm, I'm wrong. I'm putting pork in the bill, right? To get it past Appreciate the legislative it. bodies. Uh, like yeah, I, I think that there's a chance that we could see a possible face turn here from Charlotte Hale as she gets her face put on, where if she does get reawoken, she has now learned the hard lesson of like, okay, well, if the options are like, uh, you know, have them move on without you or like have them live within this uber chaotic, violent environment that the man in black has created, you probably have to go with the former here. Okay, what? so okay. let's let's continue with what Ben had to say because Ben said he's going to put some clues together through season four, episode seven. I don't know if he's going to come to any real conclusion or if we can come to some conclusion based on some of the things he's going to summon to our attention. So Ben writes in, he says, Christina has been visible to a number of people that are apparently humans. There's Maya, Emmett, Christina's first date. Some version of Charlotte met with Christina. But it appears Frankie and Stubbs walked right past Christina and Teddy without seeing them. It doesn't seem likely that Stubbs wouldn't recognize them in a hallway. Maya and Emmett were absent from home and work in this episode. So are Maya and Emmett digital figments programmed to only exist for Christina to keep her on her loops? Bernard wanted to open the Sublime, but it's also quite possible he downloaded something from the Sublime. And he sends a message at the end. Something from the Sublime? But it doesn't make sense that it would be Teddy unless, well, Bernard did mention wanting to save the next world. So is this whole New York also just a loop? It ends and begins over and over again. Did Bernard insert Teddy as a circuit breaker into this loop? And if so, what's the loop for? Is it for Charlotte to keep the part of herself that is the rancher's daughter separate from herself and occupied? So I think that those are some interesting thoughts from, from Ben about how do we sort of justify the existence of some of these other characters we've seen Christina interact with that maybe they are also sort of like these digitally created entities that are specifically for Christina? Mike, you're nodding. 100%. We clocked this since the very beginning, right? Maya's a plant. Emmett's a plant. They're all freaking Michael Dawson. But are they like, around. are they, um, <laughs> are, they, are they, are they plants like knowingly? Like, are they uh, nefarious plants? Are they like pests? 
pest plants? So or are, you saying, are they plants that don't know their plants? Are they white hats or black hats? Like, right. are they in the Truman Show trying to support this grand narrative, willingly so, or are they just code going about their days, not realizing what's happening? Yes. It's tough. I'm going to say the latter because I'm going back to the last episode we saw, Emmett, which I think was episode five. It was the first time that uh, Christina really started to use her powers. We're like, Josh, you and I talked about the varying sort of like temperaments of him, right? We're like, he was a, a flat out a-hole in those first couple episodes. Like, why are you out sick? You know, focus on your narratives, blah, blah, blah. But then like when he's sitting down with her, so he seemed to be more like sympathetic to her and like seemed to be communicating some sort of message to her. That, to me, more so evokes, like, you are a piece of code. This is a video game character that you're giving lines to, more so than, like, hey, you're the person who's in the impractical Joker scene trying to get a rise out of someone while here are three jamokes in the back on microphones telling you what to do. Is that us? <laughs> That's us. Are we, are we the jamokes? Always has been. Always you two are be. the Joe Mikes. Hey! I'll Not bad. It. Do you have, Joe, do you have thoughts on Emmett and Maya and how we justify their existence alongside Christina right now? I agree with Mike. I think they don't really know their purpose, but they serve one. Um, but, you know, I love our and both, so I want to see Maya again. Although we know it's very unlikely if they only have a crisp hour to wrap up the entire season and hopefully not the series. But I don't think that they knew why they were there, but they were just doing what they were coded to do. Um, let's take this from, from Jared. Uh, Jared's focusing on Teddy uh, and Teddy and Bernard. So Jared says, my big question is this. Uh, if Teddy was brought into this unreality by Bernard, when did Bernard have time to do that? Uh, in addition to that, maybe what Bernard was doing when the man in black shot him was uploading a copy of Dolores and Teddy from the Sublime into this pseudo real world. But he was just able to upload them to a time like a few weeks before the present when he was shot. Does what I just said make any sense? It's <laughs> my favorite thing that anyone who's ever written into us has said. Um, but I, I think that this this is interesting that Jared is wondering about. Is this message? Is this thing that that Bernard is doing at this moment? Is he uploading Teddy? You know, is he uploading Teddy? And if another thing that we have heard often uh, on Westworld, or at least often enough on Westworld, once would do it, uh, is you're only um, you're only you're as old or like you live as long as someone remembers you. Or I'm forgetting mm -hmm. the exact phrasing of it. You know, yeah, I've talked yeah, I yeah. talked about in the preseason, Mike, about could Teddy bring a version of Dolores back to life? Could it be enough? for um, Bernard to be bringing Teddy here specifically so that he could be going through all of these loops to like get fidelity with Dolores again. Could it be something like that? I mean, we did see, remember in the old temperance park that like Bernard was doing something right. Uh, then when they were accusing him of like, why are you taking our data? He goes, just goes, it's complicated. Uh, it could be something like that. Then maybe in that moment, he was creating this forge esque virtual world. And that the entire scope of like the Dolstina stuff has taken place in the time period since then. We know from Bernard's experience in the Sublime that much like the hyperbolic time chamber from Dragon Ball Z, time works a bit differently yeah. uh, in there, right? So it could be possible that she has lived this entire life in what has carried out in the real world of only a few days. Yeah. What do you think about this, Joe? Sublime, it's Sublime Teddy, is he coming in singing Santeria? I think that... No, Mike, do you don't like that? Is that the only <laughs> sublime? I feel like everyone goes with Santeria. I know, I know, I know, 
I know more sublime than I want to reveal at this moment <laughs> in time. But if you want me to just start reciting lyrics, I unfortunately Josh, can't. Josh, those, do those it. are the only answers we're going to get today. Is how many sublime songs do you know off the top of your memory? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe for the feedback show next week, our final one. <laughs> uh, if the sublime plays a big role, I don't know that I'll have a choice but to pull some sublime into the conversation. Sorry, it's, Joe. I no, apologize please. for derailing. With no, sublime. it's not like I, I have a coherent thought either right now. <laughs> um, I like the idea of. Bernard, I don't know. And to answer, uh, I forget the, the the name of the guy who just wrote in. Sorry, who we're talking Jared. about. It's Jared, yes. Jared, Jared came you. to us instead of us going to Jared. Nice yes. job, Jared. Um, I like the idea that Bernard, I don't know when he had time, but that he knows that Teddy is her cornerstone. And if there's going to be an awakening, it's going to be, uh, you know, Teddy's going to help with that. Now I'm thinking, okay, Dolores, I mean, Charlotte had a backup. My theory is that she had a backup. What if Teddy brings Christina to the backup and she becomes alive again right. with a new brain ball and a new body. I right. totally dig that. Yeah, I think like the idea of like sort of like getting her back into fighting shape. So now is the time to plug her back into some sort of body, I think would make uh make some sense. It would make for a really exciting finale for sure. Yeah. Um some some more on Teddy and the Sublime. This is from Riley. Uh, Riley says, I think that Teddy is either Teddy from the Sublime, who is trying to help program Dolores to save the world before coming with him uh, from the Sublime, maybe because of timey-wimeyness of sentient programs when they opened the door to the Sublime in this episode, and maybe Teddy came out and tried to help program Christina, and that the entire storyline is essentially taking place in the timeline of this episode. But because Christina's a program, it appears like more time is passing. Or Teddy programmed himself back in her memories when he got out. Or is he just a Christina deep hidden memory trying to wake herself up, the part of Dolores that remembers inside the Christina program? The thing on this one, uh, two things on this one that I really want to seize on. Uh, one is Teddy coming from the sublime. It just makes so much sense because loving, it's what he's got, Mike. <laughs> mm, exactly. Uh, he's about to fly off with Benny and Christina and the Jets. It's... I don't know why I made a 27 dresses reference. Uh, <laughs> he was in 27 dresses. And now I just, now I want Elton John to cover a Sublime song and then I'll be complete. They can afford Bowie, so. Also, uh, have Ramin Jawadi do a piano version of Santeria, you coward. Uh, <laughs> Please. The, the other thing that I want to seize on from, from Riley's uh, uh, feedback I think it's really interesting if what we saw all season long with Christina has been happening over the course of like five minutes. Like it's yeah. really, like it's really swift. It's really fast. That's really fun and playful with all the timey wiminess of, of Westworld. Life would hit differently and things would move very differently in a digital space. I think that that could be really cool where there's like a lot of thoughts about, oh, well, maybe this is happening far into the future. No, what if it is much like next happening now, but it's happening now in this way that is literally just within this episode, within this space, that this is the period of time that it's covering because for these digital uh, entities, things just move so much swifter. I think that's cool. The question is, if she does end up then in our world, is it a bit like getting adjusted to like getting off a ship or coming back from space? We're like, oh my God, my body's used to moving so many seconds compared to your minutes. Like, how do I adjust myself right now? I feel really tired all of a sudden. I have the biggest sense of jet lag ever. Yeah. I mean, maybe though it's going to be like she is just like, uh, has a, what, what's like a lot of Red Bulls. It's given her wings, Joe, and she's going to wake <laughs> up and she's just going to have like this at least short burst huge energy boost i love it i just now i'm just picturing how christina and dolores you know uh combine in the finale that's all i want now I'm just oh obsessed. yeah 
yeah, it's like the series finale of Full House, where yeah. uh, Michelle loses her memory, and and <laughs> Mary Kate Olsen steps into Ashley Olsen, and they literally become one person to spoil the end of Full House. Yeah. Wow, did not see that one. So thanks for that. Um, well, that's a bummer. Uh, sorry to spoil Full House. Yeah, very <laughs> Westworld appropriate. She falls off a horse and temporarily loses her memory. It's so. true. And then there's two of her, which is also very Westworld appropriate. Wow, was Full House just a Westworld spinoff this entire time? I'm not so sure about that, but this definitely <laughs> strengthens my theory that the Olsons are robots. Ooh, mm. except for Elizabeth. Mm. No, she's the final model. <laughs> married, married to a robot at the very least. Okay, in the fair. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so yeah, I think that there's, I think that there's some interesting stuff to potentially play around with here in terms of uh, the the timey wiminess of it all. Um, Kenneth wrote in saying, do we really think that Char Loris, AKA chair Loris goes out that easy without some form of backup plan or emergency safeguard seems a little out of character. I'd feel like a disservice for a version of Dolores to be ended that easily. Not to mention that they went so hard into her background and the picking at her skin and no answers to any of it. There has to be more. I think we all agree that there's got to be more as well. Um, I think that the idea that uh, that Charlotte doesn't have some kind of backup plan, there's a world in which that interacts decently with like the God complex that's been created. Like I'm untouchable. There's really no point. No one's ever coming after me. But it's also careless uh, to a degree that like for humans, it would be like forgetting to breathe. I feel like, you know, for like a host that knows the extent of their like existence and how they live and how they operate to not have some kind of copy and some sort of fail safe, Joe, I feel like we're going to see that probably very early in the finale. Right. This is Dolores prime. So yeah, she has backups. I mean, yeah. I feel like ever since she left the Island as Hale with those brain balls in her purse, she's had a master plan. And even though obviously it's taken some different twists and turns there, there are, I, I agree that there's no way there's not a backup hill. What I'm bummed about is I don't see a way in which Maeve ever comes back. And that's such a bummer. Mm, Why yeah. would they revive her just to kill her to revive her again? I know everyone loves Tandaway. We all do the, the showrunners do. And I, I, of course, Maeve is my favorite. So I would love to see her back, but I'm worried that we're not going to at least this season. Well, what if, um, what if, what if Mike Charlotte comes back online due to some sort of like, if Christina is the code and is the signal and can be like fueled and channeled to basically bring Charlotte back online so that we get some sort of like a uh, Olsen twin end of full house esque deal where you've got uh Charlotte Hale back online in the physical sense with some sort of astral projection of Evan Rachel Wood, and the two of them are combined effectively in one body, not unlike when Anthony Hopkins was a passenger alongside Jeffrey Wright as Bernard. Hey, come on now. Cut it out uh -huh. with that nonsense. Uh, I mean, it's really interesting, right, to see those two combined, considering that they do stem from the same mother, in a sense. Again, if we're going along with this idea of Christina kind of being produced as like, I don't know, kind of a backup of Dolores or at least containing a lot of her histories and personalities. To go back to Joe's question about Maeve. Yes. I don't know, maybe this is me being optimistic for a tender way, but like how many times has Maeve died? Yeah. Countless amounts of times. I have to imagine, again, if I'm looking ahead to the finale and it becomes a, okay, despite the sides of the war, everyone's going to work together to take down the man in black and the world that he's created. It's like, okay, we're going to have Maeve on our side. Let's bring her back online. You'd have to imagine, despite like the brain balls of it all, that there is some form of her there somewhere. Totally. Uh, 
dying's just natural to her as breathing, as was pointed out earlier. They could bring they could bring her back online. And the reason I bring up could uh, could Christina merge with Charlotte and give us something more akin to like the developed, evolved, like empathetic Dolores. She could take one look at the Maeve right beside her and be like, oh, well, I got to fix that. I got to like bring her back immediately right now. I have a theory. We love mm-hmm. this. There's there an X factor. There's someone that was not in this episode that we have not thought about, which is Clementine. I think Clementine's been playing the long game, the long con with Hale. She's team <laughs> Maeve. And Clementine is going to... Hale thinks she has a backup for herself, but what if Clementine has a backup for Maeve? That's fun. And the other thing could be, Mike, that Clementine, if you are if you live as long as the last person who remembers you, Clementine's got a lot of memories of Maeve. <laughs> I'm just saying that now the man in black thinks the fruit from the tree. Man in black thinks that she's on his side. And I I think that she's going to hopefully be the one to take him down. I mean, I pulled my shoulder from how much of a reach that was. (laughs) I love it. I did grab it. I love it. I I love it. I would love her to happen. I mean, listen, uh, Clementine begins with the C for a reason because she is a C-list character. Uh, oh, I thought you were, no, there's no. a lot of C-list characters. There's Charlotte. There's Christina. There's literally C. I would say she's B, Mike. I mean, yeah, perhaps, maybe. Uh, but I, I don't know. It seems like maybe. I mean, I guess the question is, where does she fall with the man in black stuff? Uh, if she does appear again, it might have just been like a. Yeah. yeah, we need a fun body to show up and like serve as the cold robot to help. Uh, You're she, could take one, she could take one look at Maeve on the ground and be like, that's not good. That's my friend uh, and want to do something about I that. I think she's the whole time I know that she's seemed even more robotic this season, which we've talked about in the current iteration of Clementine. I don't know whose brain ball she has, if she has an original one from Clementine or not. But I feel like she has been working for Hale, putting up with the man in black. But it ends now when she sees the massacre. I don't love Clementine's shot going up against the man in black, unfortunately. So I know, uh, but eventually we all want Dolores in whatever iteration that is to be the one to take him down finally. Totally. Obviously. I, I mean, really, ideally, it's the the combo of uh, Maeve and Dolores getting to take their shot at the man in black is what we're looking for. So, here, uh, so. here's a question, though. The man in black we see, was it after the season two finale that he's in? He's disoriented. He runs into his daughter. Uh, remember mm-hmm. in the post scene? Yes. yes, we. it was assumed before by some of us that that was going on in the man in black's head when he's in the Tron suit over the okay. course of these 23 years. Uh, yeah. That this is not necessarily something he exists in real life going back to the park and going through everything that it was more so lay like, oh yeah, actually like you've been created into a host. This is your worst nightmare, though more so like his physical state was remaining in one place. Okay. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, I'm really mad that they just killed him. I'm really I'm mad because that uh, one, he's dead. Like, right? He's basically like, that's it. They kept that, him alive for 23 years, or I think it was closer to 30. Because uh, there was a seven year between the time he gets his throat sla- uh, slashed, and then uh, when when Caleb and Maeve are doing their thing in the Temperance, like he's already been on ice for seven years. So this is a long time to just keep him on ice. He just gets stabbed in the chest, and that's it. I was a little let down uh, by the death of the human Ed Harris. And I hope, even though it would be ridiculous to bring him back as well, I do hope uh, that we're not done. I know Stubbs walks past him, and that does feel like the show being like, no, he's dead. Yeah. I, well, if you had asked me at the beginning of season four that the MVP would be Ed Harris, I would have said you're crazy. But he has had an, an MVP season. He's so he, fun. He looked like he had so much fun playing two different versions of himself. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just think like he just had, so, especially to that scene between, you know, uh, William Prime and Man in Black was just spectacular. Yeah. Well, you know, it's because Ed Harris is like, okay, I can get out of this freaking Halloween costume, mm-hmm. right? Like this is the last time I have to spend. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's pretty much cemented that that William is dead. Now, listen, I, I know it was a bit of torture, but like I might want to sign up for the work that Charlotte Hale's putting in because like that dude did not age a day over the course of 30 years when Ed Harris is already up there. Did you notice, though, that when C came upon him, she said, we need to help him as if he was still alive. So, and then Stubbs is like, I don't think I would need to let him die or whatever. No, but she said, we need to help him because she went up to him. I think maybe she felt him breathing. They could totally do that to us. Mm, I have to Maybe that suit keeps him alive. Uh, if that's the case, then I'm saying no, no, yeah. Yeah. no. <laughs> Stop it, okay? No. Death needs to be permanent in no. some way. I know we love double no. Harris's, but... No, I think that there could be stakes that are and 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 consequences that are far worse than than death. Uh, and I don't mind that being explored here on Westworld. And I feel your point, Mike, that there should be some permanence for some of these characters. And I really do agree that it would feel really cheap to stab Ed Harris in the chest and then just bring him back uh, like immediately. The human Ed Harris, the man in black is on the tear. Um, and yet. What about you know, give me two Ed Harris's and I'll probably just shut up and be happy about it. Like I won't think too hard about it. I'll be like, okay, fine. Bring everyone back to life. Give them all doubles. Give everybody, everybody gets a copy. That's fine. Sizemore also shows good up and, and great. And I want to see three of them uh, at once. Bring Sizemore back. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah. Or, you know, mind. I'm just saying, okay. Do you think that there is the original Caleb is on ice somewhere or no? Not at this point. I don't think so. I, I really did like the idea, but I think like Stubbs and Frankie going around would have had the opportunity to see that. I guess it's no, they're not there anymore. Like they're they're last seen in the subway station, right? Yeah, right, they're headed to the and boat. That, and, and that place also got destroyed. It yeah. seems like so like I would imagine whatever is gone is gone. I I'd like it better if there is no backup for him. I like the permanence again of this idea of like his humanity has moved on but in a way it hasn't because it lives in him i do feel like if there was a human version of him it would kind of be a way of retconning ryan being like ah it's fine right. you learn that stuff about being a host but it doesn't matter you're still a human at the end of the day whereas i do feel like there's just been such a significant amount of growth and really fantastic introspection and depth i know joe you say that ed harris is the mvp of season four I'm going to give it to Aaron Paul, to be completely yeah. honest. Fair. Uh, because I think he's just been doing so much work. Not that I didn't like Caleb in season three, but like season four, Caleb blows season three, Caleb out of the water, in my opinion. And I, I think there is something that is really gained by the adventures he went through in season six that to me would feel a little invalidated by, okay, well, even if you die now, there's a human version of right. you that'll just bring things back hunky-dory. Totally agreed. And yet double Aaron Paul's. The Aaron's Paul. Oh. Josh, I'm going to give you a hint. If you just go back and like get your laser vision not corrected, you can see doubles all the time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Mike and I talked about this, but when Frankie reunites with her father, she does know that is not the real Caleb. Yeah. I mean, I think the age difference has to give it away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, are you like a robot or are you on that funky Tron ice machine? <laughs> You've been Funky working out, Tron, Dad. Funky Tron ice machine. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was on the Funky Tron ice machine, but I am a robot. 
Okay, fair. Uh, so I think she, I think she's, I think she's got it. Uh, and he's just injured right now. He's still, he's still hanging in. Okay, cool. they're so, they're good. They got a little roughed up, but it's Stubbs, Frankie, and uh, Caleb are on their way. And we're still waiting to see if Stubbs is going to die or not because of that really sad final scene with uh, with Stubbs and Bernard, one of my all time favorites. So uh, good on Westworld. Really yeah. great scene. Yeah. And by the way, to go back three minutes ago, um, my actual MVP is Tessa Thompson. Obviously. This season. Of course, of course. But uh, Ed Harris has just sort of blown me away, and that's the first time he's blown me away on this show. I think Evan Rachel Wood has just been outstanding this season. Uh, you know, a lot of earned work in us being invested in her performance over the course of Westworld, but to basically hop into a totally different, well, not a totally different character, but like a different character in some capacity and invite us along on a journey that is really disconnected from so much else and to sell like the humanity of the of like the the paranoia of it like it's just been it's been really beautiful and that scene mike you talked about this on the podcast of her in the tub uh and just like Mm. the acting that had to go on in that like just the ability to do that out of this world uh so she is she has been really really fun and this episode i thought was was really great for her um why don't we wrap up with some wild predictions do we all want to like make one wild prediction for how the finale is going to play out each of us we can put it on the board see who comes closest yes let's do it i was gonna um, say what have we not been doing the past like half hour <laughs> so let's like lock one in yeah. let's lock one in um i'm gonna lock in christina as the music i think christina's the music i think christina is the signal uh and i think that she as the signal is going to be able to carry the consciousnesses of not just the hosts, but the humans who have also uh, been um, impacted by all of this into the Valley beyond. And if we get a final season, if we are so lucky to go through the door that the final season would take place in this entirely different space. And we would have yet another new definition of what it means to be alive on the show. That's where I'm going with my prediction for the finale. Well, Mine is going to be completely different, but it does involve Christina slash Dolores. I think that if there is an awakening and Christina knows that she's Dolores and maybe the two converge, that unlike her birth and life as a host, she's going to give people a choice. It's free will. That she's going to get to the Valley Beyond, that William, in some way, shape, or form, the Man of Black will be overtaken slash killed that people, I know I'm optimistic in this Westworld, it's really silly, but there is a happily ever after in the great beyond. Whoever wants to go into the sublime, she's going to give people a choice. And she's going to say, you are no longer human. You are a host. You can stay in this world and try to repair it, or you could go to the sublime and this is what it'll be like for you. And I think she's going to give everybody a choice who's left alive on the planet. Mike, where do you land as far? I'm, I'm so excited because I'm sure something ridiculous is coming. <laughs> As far as your predictions for the finale. So I've been registered a couple of predictions so far, but they're mere small potatoes compared (laughs) to, I think, the big thing that's going to happen. You're talking about, oh, Lee Sizemore will show up to save the day, Clementine. No, 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 my friends. I've seen ahead. I've seen all the possible finales. Oh, my God. He's Bernard now, Joe. And the one that I landed on, is that indeed Bernard did create the sublime as a way to create a new world, but he didn't do it alone. Of course, he had to have a partner. And once upon a time, a man created Bernard to have a partner. 
I think we're going to see a version of Robert Ford in the fourth finale of Westworld. Yeah, oh, dude, I'm on board. Yes, bring back Sir Anthony. Do you think it would be Sir Anthony, or do you think it would be the boy? Ooh. That'd be a little odd. I was like, I brought back a child. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all need to see Sir Anthony Hopkins, but that, that's a really good one, Mike, because it would be very unexpected. If season four ends with everybody on the other side of the door and everyone's like, where am I? What is this place? And they're all like in the field the way they were at the end of season two. And the last thing you see is Anthony Hopkins welcoming them to this new world. I'm going to lose my mind and I am going to throw ping pong balls at HBO <laughs> if the show gets canceled. That shit would be awesome. That would be so cool. Cosign. Mike, that's not actually super crazy. I'm impressed. I don't Although know. I will we'll, say we'll like see. if that ended up being like the final episode of the whole thing, like that's kind of a cool ending. I think I secretly like or subconsciously want a happy ending just in case it's the end. Not that the happy endings really exist. The show's isn't about rainbows and puppies, but like, I don't know. No, it, it, you want that all the time, right? That's why Parks and Recreation did, like, three series finales, essentially, right? Because they were always fearful. It's tough. That was the other thing about, in my opinion, like, the impermanence of a lot of these character deaths in Episode 7 is, like, because it has been on paper that Joy and Nolan had at least one more season of writing in store for them, like, they wouldn't kill all of them off at this particular marker when they had an entire 10 episodes, unless you're going to bring an entire new batch of characters to try to sympathize with, so... Yeah, I would imagine that would be like endgame, endgame stuff, but it'd be nice to get some sort of a conclusion, which I feel like season three did a pretty good job of concluding. There was a little bit of like a loose thread, right? With like, oh no, Charlotte Hale's still out there and my, she might be doing stuff. But Joe, if you talk about the rainbows and puppies, it was more so like fire and brimstone, but that was a form of rainbows and puppies considering <laughs> the alternative. It's true. Here's my fear, you guys, that... It's going to take so long to go through negotiating for season five, what it looks like, how many episodes, if it's a movie, that these are, unlike most shows, these are genuine movie stars in this, for the most part, in this cast. The longer the negotiations go on, the more likely it is their contracts will yeah. be up. Yep. And so that complicates even being able to wrap it up at all. So that's what I worry about. Yeah. And it's like not really the kind of thing where like a Deadwood movie, you could right. go like a few decades into the future and they can all be older and whatever, like... That doesn't quite work. This story really kind of does need to be told now. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll see. I think we'll see what the what the shape of the finale is, and that'll dictate a lot of uh, what's going to come up. I'll say this. Whatever will be, will be. As the finale is entitled, Que Sera, Sera. Um, and so... that is, I believe, from the movie, The Man Who Knew Too Much, which could also mm. apply to Bernard Lowe himself. Indeed. Uh, so whatever will be, will be, but this we know we will be there. We will have a finale recap for you as quickly as humanly possible following the season, hopefully not series finale of Westworld. And then of course we'll have another feedback slash wrap up show, uh, following that one. So at least two more Westworld podcasts here in the chamber on post show recaps you want to get feedback in you can email at westworld at postshowrecaps.com or you can talk to all three of us on twitter at round howard is me at a mike bloom type is mike at joe opinionated is joe you can also tweet at post show recaps as well uh and if you want to get the conversation going even deeper you can go to another level of this game patreon.com slash post show recaps that's patreon.com slash post show recaps there are no hats involved unfortunately when you go to that deeper level of the game though there is a 
Wiggler's Wombats hat for sale mm. at postshowrecaps.com slash store. If you want to peruse some postshow recaps merch, uh, see if anything strikes your fancy, give it a shot. Give it a whirl. Postshowrecaps.com slash store. Joe, what else is going on? Anything else you want to you wanna, you know, get out there, share to the not, world? Not right now. All I will say is that I'm going to change my username to Charlotte Hale's chair. Uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> Very good. Mike, what do you got? So much. It's a new term to sit on me. Uh, yeah, Easy. so lots, lots, lots of things happening. Uh, HBO stuff, Josh, you and I are ramping up the next big project in uh, House of the Dragon. Th- very fun thing we did this week. I think we can officially announce it, right? Because you talked oh, about yeah. it on the book club Oh, podcast. yeah, it's announced. Uh, you and me and Taryn Armstrong got together to do Big Brother House of the Dragon, a brand steel simulation. We simulated an entire season of Big Brother. Without spoiling too much, I can say objectively better than season eight of Game of Thrones and then some. Mm, it was very fun. Uh, so our House of the Dragon coverage is in full swing. Uh, we're like really, really, really in it to the point that an entirely new House of the Dragon podcast was born between the time we last talked about the Big Brother House of the Dragon, Mike, and right now. Oh, uh, another egg hatched? We're Another egg hatched. We are flush with dragons right now. So we're really hyped about it. Who knows how the show is going to be? I guarantee the podcast coverage is going to be lit uh here on house of the dragon appropriately enough we will be on fire uh so if you mm. want to get into that once westworld is done if you're looking forward to house of the dragon and the return to game of thrones whether that's because you are uh, like wholeheartedly looking forward to it or you are like morbidly curious i think that we'll have you covered so consider uh following along with that coverage uh just search house of the dragon game of thrones post show recaps wherever you get your podcasts you will be able to find us. And if you want to search by RSS link, postshowrecaps.com slash dragon will get you there. Um, that's going to do it for us here on the Westworld podcast for now. Next stop, Kesara Sarah. Kesarak Sarak? Haha. Or Kesara Sarah. <laughs> yeah. We're could just, just going to eat a whole bunch of cheese. Could be a very cheesy finale coming up next uh, to pair with that cheesy joke. We will be back in a couple of days to market. Uh, so get ready, get set. Westworld season four finale coming next. Take care. Bye bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.